0: Psalm 118, I'm going to read two verses, 24 and 25. I want to talk to you about the power of a routine. And I want to title this talk today. Tell your neighbor, it's about today. It's about today. Here's what the Bible says. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Please, Lord, please save us. Please, Lord, give us success. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. We want the Lord to save us, and we want the Lord to give us success. Can you say amen? amen. Interesting thing about the Bible is that it starts with the account of creation. It says, in the beginning, that God created the heavens and the earth. It's actually a poem. The the creation story is a poem. The the Bible writer inspired by the Holy Spirit was trying to help us understand the process that God took to create the universe, right? The whole purpose was not to try to prove to you that God is real or that God created the universe or, or to try to prove to you that he did it in literally six days. That's actually defeating the purpose of the creation story. Like, a lot of people fight over, like, was it literally six days? No, you missed the point. The point is, there's a creator who brought everything into existence, and he had a flow of how he went about creating it. He wasn't trying to give you a scientific understanding of how he created it. He was trying to give you an inspirational understanding of you are a created being, and then this creator created you with the ability to create. Everything that God creates has the ability to create. Right? Isn't it powerful that, that, that everything in your life has been created? Right? And God has given us the ability to create. Right? We are here because someone took that privilege and created you. Think about that. Like we are a product of creation because God in the beginning created humans with the ability to procreate. In other words, when God created humans, He made them co-creators. He he's like, i mean, I'm going to make you like me, so you could be able to create more like you that looks like me. Yeah, yeah, it's so good. Like we're here because someone took the liberty, and we're not going to go into details of how they took that liberty, to <laughs> create. And we're here because the Bible writer tells us that God had a flow. He had a process. He had a structure. He had a plan. He had a purpose to each and every day that he was creating life. Are you tracking with me? Yeah, yeah. So this was not a random thing. This was a plan. Like if you go back and reread it, you see that God had a plan. Day one, he had a plan. Day two, he had a plan. Day three, he had a plan. Day four, he had a plan. Day five, he had a plan. Day six, and then day seven, he says that he rested, like he felt good. And he even said, this "Is this God says, this is really good. Like, go read it. It says like, yo. It's almost like God got the ears together. It's like, yo, this is, this is amazing. Like, we just created all of this, right? There's a, there's a flow to God's organization, structure, and direction of his creation. And so when we read in Psalm 118 that this is the day that the Lord has made, think about this, right? He never told you a day. He just said, this is the day. Right? Why is that important? Because if you grow up in church, most of us, the moment you read that verse, automatically you assume it's talking about Sunday. Yeah. But he never told you it was a Sunday. Right. He said, today. Just like in the beginning, he never told you it was Monday or Tuesday. He said, today I'm going to create this, and, and then tomorrow I'm going to create this, and then the next day I'm going to create this. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. In other words, every single day is sacred because every single day was created by God with the purpose of creating more things we're the ones who created his margins of what is sacred and what is not we're the ones that decided that on sundays the lord will really work but but monday he takes it off but according to the creation story god is always creating and god's always created you with the possibility of creating so when he says this is the day that the Lord has made, he never told you what day. He's telling you every day is sacred. Amen. So each day that we have is the day that the Lord has created for us to rejoice and be glad in it and to be able to fulfill the purposes that he has for us. Because he also said when he created humanity, he says, hey, I'm creating you to manage some things for me. This is very important because he didn't say I created you to own some things. He said I created you to manage We're not owners, we're managers of what God has created already. So anyone who's in tune with this creator knows that everything I own and have is because the created afforded me to own and to have. And so my job is to manage this thing, not to try to own this thing. When you begin to own, you're stealing from the creator, and that's called being a thief. In the beginning, God created, and this is the day that the Lord has made for us to rejoice and be glad in it. What I'm trying to get to is the power of a day. That each day is sacred unto the Lord. Each day is holy. Each day matters. Each day counts. God didn't throw away any day when He was creating it, we throw away days. God does not waste. The word prodigal means wasteful. We don't want to be wasteful with what God has trusted us with. And the reason why we, that story resonates so well is because so many people can resonate with the reality of just wasting life away. Are you tracking with me? And so the goal is to own each and every day, like God was trying to say from Genesis 1, each day matters. Each day counts. Each day has a purpose. Each day is part of the whole process of creating new things. Can you, are you tracking with me? Amen. This particular psalm was actually a psalm that God's people would sing. It's actually, many of the psalms you, you read, they're songs. And this is one of the songs that they would sing during Passover. Passover is the celebration of the Jews being liberated from Egypt into the promised land. And so each year as they would celebrate Passover, they had many psalms that they would sing. And this is one of them that they would sing. It's actually a prophetic psalm. If you go read the whole thing, you see that it's the same psalm that they were worshiping to Jesus when Jesus first came into the temple, because that day shifted everything. When Jesus went to Jerusalem, they were singing, Hosanna, blessed are who comes in the name of the Lord. This is the day that the Lord has made. In other words, man, the culmination of everything that God has been talking about is going to happen this weekend. And Jesus is about to reveal himself as the savior of the world. So this is the day, but we don't know what day that was. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And let us ask the Lord to give us success on that day. So if every day is sacred, then, then it's, it's Monday. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it, and I want the Lord to save and bring success into my life. This is the day. Tuesday is the day that the Lord has made, right? Wednesday, hump day, is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it and ask him to make me successful in what I do today. Thirsty Thursday is the day that the Lord has made, and I will ask him to be the living water for me on that day because I don't want to thirst for the wrong things. I want to thirst for the Lord. Fresh Black Friday is the day that the Lord has made, but I don't want to live in the past. I want to live in the moment that it has fought me. lay back is the, the day that the Lord has made. I will rest in him and know that he has a purpose and a plan for me. Sunday I come to celebrate the fact that he brought me to his house. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Now, there's many ways to define success. If we were open this door right now, we would all have a different definition of what success looks like. And allow me to just give you one definition I think the Bible is trying to get to is that success, in God's eyes, Is being faithful to what God trusted us with. Success in God's eyes is being faithful to what he's trusted you with. Remember, you are a manager, not an owner. And I say starting at home because your greatest ministry is your home. He said it from the beginning when he, when he created Adam and Eve. He says, man, you guys, got two going to become one and you're going to begin this whole process. And so, listen, success to me is being faithful to simply what God has trusted me with. Being a faithful husband, being a faithful father, being a faithful pastor, being a faithful friend, being a faithful owner of a business if you have one, being faithful to the things that God has trusted you with is what success should, def- be, should be defined by. Can you say amen? So my friends, we must seize each and every day if we're going to fully be everything that God created us to be. Remember, you already create, your potential is already in you. It's about seizing the days that he's afforded you to have. Think about it this way. And write this down. We are a sum of many todays. We are a sum of many todays. For good or bad, you are where you are in life right now because of what you have accumulated over a period of time. Your todays is where has led you to where you are today. Are you tracking with me? Or think about it this way. Now, we just started a new year. We have, all of us have the exact, the same amount of days. 365 days. Well, we live in New England. Our winter makes it feel like it's... (laughs) Our days are like compressed. Like 3 o'clock in the afternoon, it's like, the day's over! Why is it so dark out? But... 365 days think about it this way if if each and every day is sacred unto the lord and he created you to create so that that tells me that each and every day is a chapter in the book of your life so the question that i want to propose to us this morning is what are you writing with your life if you could give your life a book title what would it be That book title will only reflect itself if each and every day you're adding to it. (laughs) So today is another chapter in the life story that you're writing. So if I keep waiting for someday to come around, then I'm going to have a lot of blank pages that I never failed to get me to where I believe I should be because a book never writes itself. I heard a great preacher say, sometimes you pray, for example, for the Lord to give you a table and the Lord gives you a seed. But you don't realize in that seed, there's the power of a table. Because where do tables come from? They come from trees. And where do trees come from? They come from a seed. And a seed becomes a table if you work it, if you plant it, if you cultivate it, if you you work the land. Next thing you know, you have a tree. Next thing you know, you can cut a tree down. And next thing you know, you can make a table. But see, everybody wants a table. Nobody wants the seed. Each and every day is a seed. Have you noticed this? No farmer is ever surprised by what he reaps. Wouldn't it be interesting if you went to a farmer and, 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 he, and, he, and he's walking you through his, his land and, and, he, and, he, and he just happens to come to a certain place in his land and he sees this, this fruit and he goes, how did he get here? <laughs> like I planted beets, I mean how did I get apples over here? Like no farmer will ever be surprised by what he reaps because he knows that there's a principle of sowing and reaping and you never will reap something you didn't sow. But isn't it amazing as human beings how many times we are surprised by the outcome of our lives? Oh, y'all ain't going to talk to me. How many of us have been surprised and you go, how did I, I? I don't... I, 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 I'm telling you I, I woke up one day and it's like no wait a minute no 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 why are you surprised you've been sowing why are you surprised what you reaped I'm not talking about the curveballs of life I'm talking about the things that we can control right? why, why are we surprised like some of us we talk like, like someone else is writing that book how did that chapter get here Right? We're so surprised, so stunned, but don't realize that there is there is this reality of reaping and sowing. Right. And if I don't like what I'm reaping, then I maybe have to change what I'm sowing. Yeah. 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 If you don't like what you're writing, then change the seeds of your chapters. Yeah. Because no farmer is ever surprised by reaping season. Yeah. Well, that's a good word. But they know that there's no reaping season without the daily. Cultivation and irrigation and cutting off weeds and, and, and working the land until I know that there is a, a reaping season coming my way. And I'm not going to be surprised by what I reap. Hello, somebody. Each and every day is sacred unto the Lord. Now, our battle, our struggle, if we could be honest, we struggle with being present. Can we be honest for a second? I, one of our greatest struggles as human beings is we struggle with. Being fully present. And just by the way you just reacted proves that to me. Because right now some of y'all are struggling to be right here in this moment. right? Yeah. right? And as human beings, our struggle is we're, we're, we're either stuck in the past or worried about the future. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Like some of us are here right now, but your mind is in something that happened last week. And some of us are here right now going, what's gonna happen this week? As opposed to taking advantage of the fact that all you can control is today, this moment right here in front of you. And so the reality is we find ourselves victims of our own doing a lot of times because we find ourselves living between two places but not taking ownership of the moment. Like some of us right now, instead of being fully here, your mind is like, what am I going to do after this? And I got, I got news for you. You got nothing to do. Patriots are not out. They're not playing. Oh my God. <laughs> but we think that whatever we have to do next is more important than what's happening right now. And we wonder why whatever we think was going to happen next never happens because we never took ownership of the now to make sure that what's going to happen is going to happen in a way that I planted for it to happen Jesus talks about this he he touched on this he knows that we struggle with this Jesus said this about the struggle of the present he says don't worry about these things saying what will we eat what will we drink what will we wear what's going to happen with COVID these things dominate thoughts of unbelievers but your heavenly father already knows all your needs keep going Seek the kingdom of God above all else. Live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring his own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. So all right, Jesus is saying, learn to be present. Amen. Learn to be present. We're so consumed with so much fear that we miss the Lord in the moment. My friends, being present, if you're taking notes, will eliminate the things that is sucking life out of you. Being present will eliminate the things that's trying to rob you of your today. Worry. Jesus goes on to say, has anybody ever added a day-to-day lives by worrying? Have you ever noticed when you worry. Nothing actually happened. Yeah. It's good. (laughs) so good. Someone said it this way. Someone said, most of the stuff I worried about never even happened. Yeah. Like COVID, for example. How many people have worried sick about COVID that they got themselves sick? Yeah. It's good. And the worst part for me with the whole COVID thing, and it's real, but the worst part for me is people have become more afraid of living than they are afraid of dying. We're doing everything to not die, but but, but we should be taking all that energy and put it into living because I want to live and not just pretend that I'm living. It will rob you if you're not in the moment. Being present is what will keep you from living in the past because you can't do anything about the past it's the past being present will, rot, will keep you grounded so you're not worried about the future because guess what you can't do anything about the future being present is what will eliminate stress from your life what is stress? stress is worry about things that I can't control your mind and your body become stressed when your mind and your body wants to control things that he can't control. Yeah. So Jesus is trying to tap into that reality that, listen, if you can learn to trust me for today, then I'll take care of the rest. So His brother took it further. James, one of the first preachers of the New Testament, takes this further and says this. He says, look here, you who say today or tomorrow we are going to a certain town and stay there a year. We will do business there and make a profit. How do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like the morning fog. It's here a little while, then it's gone. Keep going. You ought to say, what you ought to say is, if the Lord wants us to, we will live and do this or that. Otherwise, you are boasting about your own pretentious plans, and all such boasting is evil. What he was saying basically is, yeah, make your plans, but learn to live in the moment. Make your plans, but learn to live in the moment. Proverbs says, you can make your plans, but the Lord ter- determines your steps. And so what I want is to live in step with the Lord. And how do I live in step with the Lord? By realizing that every day he affords me is sacred. This is the day that the Lord has made. Can you say amen? Now, I just want to share one life hack for 2021 just one thing that i think could really help us live our lives to the fullest can i just share one life hack for 2021 in 2021 only compete with yourself that is so listen in 2021 make up your mind that you're pushing yourself to be the best version of what God had in mind when He created you. In 2021, make up your mind that you will only mind your own business. Yo, it's so real. Come on. <laughs> like how many of us are so stressed and worry about other people's business? <laughs> like we don't have enough. Okay. Like we have enough trouble And we go. You, did you see what she did? I don't know. I'm too busy. I got a lot going on here. Why are you worried about her? One of my favorite passages, they're all my favorite. I think I say this every week. But one of my many favorites is when Jesus came back from the grave, and he gathered his disciples to prophesy over what's going to happen next. And, and, and Jesus says that that he, he has a plan for each one of them. He begins to prophesy over Peter, right? He says, Peter, you're going to be my rock, and I'm going to build the church upon you. You're going to lead the rest of these guys, but it's going to be tough, Peter, because they're going to come after you, they're going to persecute you, and they're actually going to crucify you upside down. And, and it's not going to be easy. And, and, and he's speaking over Peter, and you would think in that moment, Peter would be a good right receiver, go, Yes, Lord. What does Peter say? Peter's response is, uh, what about him? It's like, what, he's prophesied over your life, your, your, your life story, the pages that are coming your way, and you're worried about John. And you know what Jesus said to Peter? Mind your business, Peter. What I have for John is for John. What I have for you is for you. Mind your business. And let's be real. We're all got our stuff going on to be worried about adding more. Listen, there are times in life that you need to be so locked in on God's plan for you that you need to have some conversations with yourself. You ever talk to yourself? I do this weird thing from time to time. I don't know if you do it, but you miss what I do. From time to time, I'll go to my bathroom, i look in the mirror, and I go, are we good? Are we doing what we said we're going to do? Are we focused? Are we determined? Are you going to let other people's criticism get the best of you? Are you going to stay focused on God's will for you? I don't know if you ever do this, but I have a conversation with myself. I believe that in life, if you're going to fulfill everything that God has for you, you got to become your own preacher. and you got to start preaching over your own life and start declaring things over your own self. There are times, I don't know about you, you think I don't do this because I'm a preacher. No, there are times that you will see me. I'll lay hands on myself and say, self, we're going to get it together. We're going to focus and do everything that God has called us to. I believe there are times you need to sit yourself down and be your own counselor. At times you need to lay yourself on the couch and say, go ahead, let's talk because we need to have a conversation. There's too much at stake for us to be nagging and being lazy and being a bum. I need to focus. I need to be everything that God's called me to be. There are times you need to be your own therapist and say, hey, what's wrong? Well, let's figure out what's wrong because we can't stay in this pity party forever. We need to raise up and be who God has called us to be. There are times in your life you gotta be your own financial advisor and say to yourself, we're gonna trust God and we're gonna tithe and we're gonna give and we're gonna buy that house and we're gonna fulfill everything that God has for us. There are times you gotta take many hats and say, I'm gonna be a worship leader today and worship myself there are times I am the prayer warrior of my life there are times I am the pastor of my mind I gotta take ownership of who God says I am cause I'm competing with myself I wanna be better than I was yesterday and I could care less of what you're doing think about it right people don't care can we be honest? Go up to someone, how you doing? Good, good, good. Don't you put anything on me. I got enough going on. Can we be honest for a second? Like, are like, you, you look like you want to talk? I got. Don't you put that on me, Ricky Bobby. I got enough going on. So I don't have time to wait for somebody to make time for me. I'll make time for myself. I'll make time for what God has for me. I was doing some research, and 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 it's challenging because your brain works against you. Did you know that? When it comes to change, your brain doesn't want to change. Because your brain is the hardware of your life, but your mind is the software. But here's the thing with hardware. The hardware will only do what you keep telling it to do. Software is what allows you to do different things. But your brain is programmed for routine. So your brain will automatically make decisions for you based on what decisions you've made in the past. Are you tracking with me? Your brain already made up your mind for you sometimes. So if you're not giving your brain new commands every day, if you're not activating the software, your brain says, oh, okay, I guess we're just, we're just gonna do what we did yesterday, and your brain will, 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 when you find yourself in a situation that you've been before, your brain's like, okay, what did you do before? And your brain will do that. This is why the Bible says you gotta redo your mind every single day, because today, if I'm gonna write a new chapter, I need to tell my brain, this is where we're going, this is what we're doing, this is what we're about. We're about that life, and we're not gonna let you stay on default mode. That's why the Bible says there's life and death in the power of your words because your words create worlds. How did he begin? He said the Lord spoke it into existence. If you're not speaking things into existence, you'll go into default mode because here's the thing, we are a sum of what we repeat. The Bible is a very repetitive book. Like, it says the same things over, it's a collection of 66 books, and it's extremely repetitive. Yeah. One time, there was a girl in Smithfield, when I was preaching, and she was mad at me about something, which was kind of, like, really weird. I like, how can you be mad at me? Like, how? How is that even possible? And when I say that now, some of y'all are mad at me for saying that. <laughs> I'm joking, clearly. But her, her rebuttal to be mad at me was... Well, you always preach the same stuff anyways. And the punk in me wanted to be like, if only you were doing those stuff, we wouldn't even be having this conversation in the first place. Because we are a sum of what we repeat. And don't you realize that you are in life right now because of what you repeated over time and that's why when I understood that I understood oh that's why God made sure he repeated his word and his will over and over again so we can get through our thick little brains that we need to be renewing our minds and his will and his purpose and we are what we are today because of what we repeated it's because of what you repeated that you're in this place I'm not talking about the curveballs of life those come here and there but the things that you do every day, that's on us. Can you say amen? You become what you repeat. That's why I believe in routines, because your brain needs routines. Have you noticed that you get up and say, I'm going to work out, and your brain's like, But why? <laughs> like, we could right here. Blanket is good. Yeah. It's cold. <laughs> why would you do that? <laughs> so good. Or you tell your brain, you know, we're going to fast, and your brain's like, but why? Right. <laughs> but we love ice cream. Why would you take that away from us? <laughs> right, because your brain again is thinking, oh, you already made these decisions before. Why change it now? Why would you change it now? If you don't give your brain a routine, your brain will give you a routine. Wow. So, so it's so critical that you have a routine. You ever wake up in the morning and just feel like sad? Yeah. I used to be a teacher, and kids would wake, we would get in the door at eight in the morning, sad, grumpy, mad, and I'm like, what happened already? You've only been up for like an hour. Did your stock fall? <laughs> How? But let's be honest. We tell ourselves, today, I'm going to be mad. Yeah, yeah. Come on, have you ever convinced yourself that you're going to be mad? Yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter what people say to you. It doesn't matter what happens. You decided already, I, I want to be mad. Don't realize that perhaps there's a little chemical imbalance that happens between the time you went to bed and the time you woke up, and maybe it was that ice cream yeah, yeah. at 2 in the morning, and your body's like, we're mad. <laughs> so good. We're mad now. But what do you do with it? Do you really let it rule the day? Or do you speak something over that brain? Because you have the power to speak over that brain think about it a lot of times we're mad we don't even know why we're mad yeah, yeah. and the worst is when we speak this over ourselves it's just the way i am so, so good. well change your seats yeah. who wants to get up grumpy and mad right. and angry and upset right. here's another bad seed no one cares Well then you start caring. Change that seed even. You're waiting for others to determine your seed. When you have the seed to change it. I believe in routines. I believe that your mornings are extremely sacred. The way you start your day matters. I'm thankful every morning, no matter how tired I am. I don't know if you do this, but I'm just I'll wake up and thank you, Lord. (laughs) Like, I don't want to be morbid. My friends, someone didn't wake up this morning. You did. Like, I don't want to be morbid. I think about dying a lot. Not in a weird, oh my God, I'm afraid to die. More like, I'm going to die, so I need to live. I need to live. I don't want to be the guy who lives by what ifs. You know how many people have gone to their graves with so many what ifs? Here lies the man who could have, should have. But what if he would have? You know how many dreams are in a cemetery? There's a preacher who said, the richest place on earth is a cemetery. So many unfulfilled dreams because people didn't seize the day. So every day matters because I'm writing something. I was created to create, the Bible tells me. So every day matters. So I believe in a morning routine. Now I want to share what I believe some of the morning routines that I, this is me on a good day, okay? So don't think this happens every day, but this is the goal. And you got to create your own routine because you are a unique being created by the same God. But I believe the way you wake up in the morning truly matters. And don't get ahead of me. They're going to get ahead of me. Don't. <laughs> Too late. Just leave it. But I like to start with a glass of water. Why? Because your body is made of 85% water. And your body is in recovery mode for whatever many hours you sleep. And so your body is dehydrated. Some people wake up in the morning and think, I'm having, a, I'm having something wrong with me. No, no. You're dehydrated. <laughs> And my goal in life is to stop us from being so spiritual that we miss the practical things that God gave us. He said, God created water for you to take so you're not dehydrated and thinking, I'm depressed. No, you're not depressed. You're dehydrated. Take some water. <laughs> drink some water. You might have a better day. That's simple sometimes. Well, We overcomplicate this thing. Where well, it just starts sometimes with just the, the practical, I need to hydrate. And I need to go into a, get a quick Notice I said quick exercise. You gotta trick your brain, because your brain's gonna be like, we're doing what? I'm with the water thing, but. <laughs> what are we doing now? I believe in a quick exercise. I believe in earning your shower. Yeah. Like, you've been lazy, sleeping there for six, eight hours, you need to earn that shower. Like, I'm talking about quick exercise. I don't care what you do, just get your body going. Like, do some jumping jacks. Yeah. Tell your brain, we're just gonna go for it. Just let's do it. Let's just do it. Do a push up, just one. Just do one. And the next day, do two. And then do three. Don't tell your brain you can do 100. It's gonna be like, Why did you work? But you gotta tell your brain this is where we're going. And I have my best days when I start this way. Well, you know, I-, I like to do burpees in the morning. Like, wake up my whole body. Boom, boom, boom. Look. We're ready. I need some water. I'm a little confused i like to have breakfast with Jesus. Just a, just a few minutes, sit down. And that's why I love about technology. I can, I can just sit down with Jesus, open my Bible app, and already and, and done for you. Jesus, what's the verse of the day? Yeah, yeah. This day. And right now, we're fasting, so breakfast, I don't know what that looks for you, but I'm having cardboard with Jesus. <laughs> that's what oatmeal feels to me. It's dry oatmeal, like... Thank you, Jesus, for this cardboard. <laughs> thank, you for pro- thank you for providing. <laughs> but you read the verse of the day, and, and let's be honest, most of us, we rush out of the house. And no wonder our thoughts are all over the place, and, and someone will cut you off. Forget it, your day is over. Because Jesus went out the window, and the old oh, you was like, You did what? Breakfast with Jesus, to me, it's, it's time to quiet myself, prepare myself for the day. I don't know how, listen, we know usually what's happening that day. I'm not talking about the curveballs, but I believe even these moments can prepare you for curveballs. But you we typically know how your day is going to go. You know who sits next to you in your job. You know that she's going to be annoying. You already know that. But we're always surprised. Ah, you ruined my day. No, you ruin your own day. You didn't prepare for it. But I believe in a five quiet time like Jesus, we're gonna, it's the day you made. We're gonna be rejoiced, we're gonna be glad, and we're gonna succeed. So I need to quiet myself with you so I can go with you, not ahead of you. Let's be honest, most of us are in trouble in life because we are ahead of God. Yeah, yeah. And we want God to bless it. Yeah. The pace of life we create sometimes, it's our own fault. And we can say, you know, I have a lot going on, all that stuff, yeah, whatever. You can say all that, or you can create a flow to say, like, this is what I'm going to do. And and I believe that each day you should have a goal. Just one goal. Just one small goal, like, what am I going to do today that's going to add to the book of my life? Oh, imagine 365 days, I'm doing my best to have the routine. And just watch what coincidence will begin to happen. I always find it fascinating that there are no coincidences when you are flowing with the Holy Spirit. And life becomes way more exciting because you don't take Mondays off when you know He's there. You're not even waiting for Sundays because you know He's there. Are you tracking with me? So I believe in a routine. I, I believe this I need three things every day. I need it, not want, I need it. I need to worship, I need to pray, I need to read. I need it, it's a must for me. That's why we call it a solid 15, I need that if I'm gonna have a good day on purpose. I don't wanna be have a good day by accident. Notice he says, this is the day that you will rejoice. He didn't say that you will be happy. Because if you're waiting to be happy, good luck. You're gonna be waiting a long time because things have to happen your way, the right way for you to be happy. But rejoicing is the fruit of the Spirit. You made up your mind. The Spirit is with me. I'm anointed. I'm consecrated. I'm Spirit-filled. Therefore, rejoice is part of my my purpose. Rejoice is part of my life. I'm not waiting for circumstances to define me. My faith defines my circumstances. My faith defines my attitude. My faith defines my focus for the day. Like I I know I'm going to have at least one tough conversation a week as a pastor. That's just the reality. I know that. So I have to prep myself for that. I know it's going to happen. That's why I have to have pep talks with myself. Because I know it's coming. So I need to prepare myself for it and not be surprised by what's coming. Are you tracking with me? Like some of you all, you want to read the Bible? It's simple. Make a plan. Pick one book and say, I'm going to read this book one chapter a day until I'm done with it. And every day I'm going to ask the Lord to teach me through that chapter. Do soap, scripture, observation, application, and then pray. It's not hard. Mm -hmm. The hard part is to tell your brain, this is what we're doing. Every day, because this is the day that the Lord has made. Are you with me? And then I conclude my day this way. I like to reflect. I like to know, what did I do today? Because you know, the days can be blurred. Next thing you know, it's Thursday. You're like, what did I do today? But I like to reflect questions that matter to me as a believer. I believe that the Great Commandment the Great Commission is my job. Not because I'm a pastor, because I am a follower of Jesus who happens to have the calling of a pastor. So I need to ask these questions. Did I love God well today? Did I love people well today? Because I can't say I love God well today and I was a jerk. Some Christians need to get this right. <laughs> you know? You're like, you're not representing the Lord when you're a jerk. Yeah, yeah. You could be so right and so wrong. Yeah. Oh, hello, quiet. Did yeah. like, I go for the one? Because I guarantee you, I'm not, I'm not saying every day this is gonna happen, but when y'all live on purpose, most likely these things will happen. Yeah. I believe in divine appointments. I believe God will interrupt your day because he wants you to reach somebody. I believe you could be at the gas station and all of a sudden you struck a conversation with someone and that was your appointment for that day. But I believe this, if you're not paying attention, you will miss those days. And they'll become all blurred. But did I go for the one today? In other words, was I aware that I'm not just here for me? Because Christians, nothing will make life more boring when you make it all about you. This is the reason why so many Christians go to church and they're bored out of their minds. They don't realize this. Think about this, right? If you're God, would, I, would you trust yourself with another revelation if you're not doing anything with what you already have? So people want more revelation, but they're hoarding the revelation and not sharing the revelation. The Bible says it is more blessed to give than to receive because when you're giving, you're receiving. When you're giving, you're receiving. So if I make life all about me, I'll be in church bored out of my mind. Why? Because God's like, I'm not giving you one more thing. Go do something with what I already gave you. Which means go reach somebody else. Did I disciple someone? I think the greatest sign of a mature Christian is, are you discipling others? I don't care if you speak in tongues. I don't care if you're a worship leader. I don't care if you know your Bible. If you're not discipling others, you're not being a disciple. Matter of fact, the sign that you are a disciple is your willingness to disciple others. Did I improve today? Because remember, I'm only competing with myself. I'm only competing with me. I want to be the best version of me. Yeah, yeah. That's why I take breaks from social media from time to time. Not because I have a problem. See, here's the thing. I think we, we always fix something when we have a problem. And that's a problem. I want to anticipate problems. People are like, I don't have a problem with social media. It's like, that's not the point. Can you discipline yourself to not look at other people's lives for a little bit so you can just focus on you and do what God's called you to do? I tell you, a defensive life will never grow. Always defensive. Like, I don't have a problem. You have a problem? You have a problem. Why are you looking at me weird? No, I was daydreaming. (laughs) If we're always defensive, we're not going to grow. Like I want to improve because I want to improve because the Lord created me to improve. Not to impress, not to be bragging. Not, and I don't know, it's like I want my life to be the best version of it. I want to write the best book and am to be right because I only have one shot at it today. That's all I got. That's all I was promised is today. And I want to make the most of it. Can you say amen? Come on, let's stand together and let's pray. Come on, do you receive the word of God today? Are you a good right receiver? Is, 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 is God depositing something in you that's going to be a fruit? You're not sure. <laughs> My friends, life is better with Jesus. And I believe Jesus makes us better at life. Life is better with Jesus and Jesus makes us better at Living. But everything we talk about here only happens when Jesus truly is the Lord of your life. You can go out here and and do your thing. But I believe that it's always going to fall short if Jesus is not in it. Because there are many definitions of of, of success. Success for me is I got to be faithful to what God trusted me with. I'm not the owner. I'm the manager of this life he's given me. So we never like to close without giving you the privilege of making Jesus the leader, the Lord of your life because without that, you're on your own. The opposite of faith is not self; it's not doubt. The opposite of faith is self. It means I'm on. I got to do this on my own. And why would, do, why would we do life on our own when we have a creator who wants to come in and empower us to live? Would you bow your heads with me as we internalize this moment? If you're here today or watching online, I believe Jesus calls you to a relationship with him. And all we have to do is invite him into your life. Ask him to come and be the Lord of your life, be the savior of your life. It's a very personal thing. But I believe life is better with Jesus and you will be better at life because of Jesus. So if you're ready to make that decision, because it's a decision, it's a choice. Pray this prayer with me. But you got to pray it from your heart, not your brain. Your brain says, "Now we're good. Your spirit says, no, we need this. We need this. So pray with me. Say, Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me. Empower me. Make me the person that you created me to be. I'm submitting my life to you. And I want you to have your way. Fill me with your spirit, for this is the day that you made for me to rejoice and be glad and be successful in the things that you trusted me with. So have your way, Jesus. I pray in your name. Amen. 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 Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We hope this talk has encouraged and challenged you. If it was helpful, share it with a friend. For more info, visit newlifesouthcoast.com. Until next time, have a blessed week.